You know, the moment you start panicking and freaking out and thinking of all the things you have to do and making that mental list, you know, take a deep breath and just realize that the best thing to do is, is nothing. Just wait. Just wait until, like, you can make that choice rationally. You are listening to podcast number 40 at joeatcalibres.com. Each day for my office, I get to see how homeopathy is transforming lives all over the globe, and I want to share them with you. Some of my students have really caught my eye. Some of you have done all you can to learn how to cure those around you using homeopathic medicines, and your successes inspire me. They're glorious and powerful, and I can't keep these successes a secret any longer. So, with help from my roving reporters, we bring you a mini podcast series that I call Moms with Moxie, and sometimes we even interview dads with audacity. See how regular mothers and others, average people who want to cure those around them, have gone from freaking to fabulous with homeopathy. Today we have a very special guest joining us. I'm excited to welcome Courtney here with me today, and we're going to be talking about how homeopathy has really changed her life and her family's life, and um, she's going to share with us a lot of stories that she has about how she uses homeopathy with her family, everything from animal bites to bursitis, arthritis, and birthing those babies. Courtney, thanks for joining us today. Thanks. It's great to be here, Kate. We're excited to hear about your story and get to know you a little bit um, because it's always, I think, fun for people to get to know some of the people that work with Joette kind of behind the scenes. I'm excited for people to get to meet you and to hear about your story. So, Courtney, where are you from? So, I'm from New York. I live probably about an hour and a half south of Buffalo. So, you live sort of near Joette. Yeah, I don't live far from Joette. Joette lives just outside of Buffalo as well. So you've gotten to know Joette by working with her. For how many years have you worked with Joette now? I've worked with Joette for about six years now. I assist in marketing. So I've done, I've done um, Joette's social media. So a lot of people who have taken Joette's classes and are on her student forum page, because Joette, if you've taken her class, you can join the online student forum, which is hosted off Facebook. And I moderate that group along with another girl. So a lot of her students will probably recognize who I am because I'm, I'm often um, posting on there or, you know, commenting on posts or answering questions, that kind of a thing. And I also, you know, anytime Joette has a new course that we're launching, I help launch it and pick out advertising for it and that sort of thing. So a lot of people probably hear from you, but they don't know it's that they're hearing from you. Yeah, now they get to hear my voice. They, they see my <laughs> picture and they, they've heard of me that way, but now they get to know a little more about Courtney. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think that's really fun. It's kind of interesting. When we were talking, you told me a little bit about yourself as far as your background in natural medicine, and you mm-hmm. have some pretty interesting things. You, you're pretty wise, I think. You, <laughs> I look forward to learning from you because you are a certified herbalist, right? Yes, that's right. So before I came to homeopathy, I was actually really interested in herbs and 
did a lot of wild crafting. We live out in the country, so I would find herbs and make tinctures out of them and use that as medicine for myself. And that was probably right before I had kids. Um, so I wasn't really using herbs a lot with my kids. So now we mostly use homeopathy and have been like homeopathy is our family's main source of medicine. And it has been for a good five or six years. I found it before, right before I started working with Joette. And, um, you know, we've had some really good results, especially with little kids. Like, you know, I have three little kids and I don't feel like herbs are always the right you know, the best choice. Um, they can be harmful. Homeopathy is gentle. So it's been really good for, for us in the last six years when I've been, you know, pregnant or um, my my babies are really little. I don't, you know, I never think twice about using homeopathy. One of the reasons you liked homeopathy is that when you were pregnant, you didn't have to worry about using homeopathy. Um, but herbs, it was a little tricky, which ones to mm-hmm. use during your pregnancy or not. So that yeah was probably a selling point, one of them for homeopathy for you, right? That's exactly right. Yeah. So herbs are, you know, you have to be careful. There, there's things that you, you know, you can't have when you're pregnant, obviously you can't um, give it to your newborn babies. So homeopathy is like a perfect fit for the, that time, like the childbearing years. It's such a nice thing to have a kit when you're pregnant so that if you come down with the flu or, you know, even if you're having like sciatic issues, you don't have to worry about resorting to allopathic medicine and, you know, herbs, the solution isn't always herbal because um, herbs can be too harsh to take when you're pregnant. So, um, so yeah, that's, that was like a big turning point for me, honestly, is just when we started having family, I needed something that I could use for my babies and use on myself and homeopathy was, was the ticket. So Courtney, I think that is a really good point because a lot of people ask, um, they want to know, can you use homeopathy when you're pregnant and say you have a baby or a young child, they're, they're concerned about, you know, are there cautions for using homeopathy with young children or when you're pregnant? And I know there are a couple of things, so maybe we can talk about that for just a minute. Yeah, definitely. That's a good point. There are some remedies that Joette advises that people be careful about using or just avoid during pregnancy. The ones to be aware of when you're pregnant are pulsatilla, apis, and sepia. And I will say that during my last pregnancy, I was using pulsatilla. So I don't really think that it's a matter of them being like dangerous, avoid them, but like it's not something you want to use and access. Like if you really need pulsatilla, you could probably, you know, talk to a homeopath and, you know, find out what the safe way to to use it is. I just think that sometimes we make blanket statements like, you know, be careful around these remedies because you don't want just anybody to come and, you know, read a blog about it and start taking, you know, big doses or high potencies and possibly get themselves into trouble. And pulsatil is one that's actually used to turn babies. So you can use that in pregnancy. And and actually the reason I used it was to turn my baby because I think it was 34, 35 weeks at least. Avery, my um, last baby that I was pregnant with, was breech, completely breech, like head up, (laughs) not even transverse. He was straight up breech. And I was planning to birth him at home. So all of my babies have been born at home. And my midwife, you know, I came in for my appointment and she was like, oh my goodness, he's breech. 
And I was like, oh, what does that mean? And she said, well, you might not be able to have them at home, which was really kind of scary for me. And so I talked to Joette and she told me Paul Sotilla and I, I think I only took two doses of it. Like it, it, it works very quickly. That's amazing. I had previous to that tried things like there's been your baby.com. I think that's the website. Um, but it was very overwhelming to me, Kate. I, I didn't have that much time to kind of get things moving. And when you're that far along in your baby's breach, even the home birth midwives were like, uh, yeah, Courtney, this is, you need to do something, you know? And so I, I felt like, oh my gosh, I have to hurry up and act. I have to do something. And so I first tried this website. And when you go to that website, it gives you all these steps. There's like hundreds of things you have to do. And it was very overwhelming to me. And the nice thing was like, as soon as I was thinking clearly, I messaged Joette and she was like, um, yeah, that's an easy one to take Pulsatilla. And it just seems so simple and co- compared to what I would have to go through laying on an ironing board upside down and like moving this way and that way and doing all this stuff. And I was just like, oh my gosh, that's just so easy. Take a little tablet and you're done. You know what I mean? So that's, it was so beautiful to know that that's all that I would have to do. And it honestly worked. It was amazing. Wow. That's so awesome. And I know, Joe, I think mm-hmm. it's written about that in, in her blog. She has some information on that too. So you actually have helped people deliver babies, right? Yeah. Um, before I worked with Joette, I was certified um, as a doula. A doula is a support person during birth. It's very different from a midwife. Um, you don't like deliver babies, but you actually just support the mom through labor. Um, so for many years, I did that. And I did. I had a natural childbirth course that I wrote, and I taught that. So I had lots of um, people come through that with me. I had all my babies at home, so I really understood that. And I went to a lot of home births with the a couple of the local midwives here. I imagine that you probably used homeopathy, did you, when you were attending some of these births and helping the moms? Oh, definitely. Gelsemium 30 is one that I've used many times for exhaustion in labor, especially with first-time moms. You know, it's very common for birth to take a long time. And um, my first birth was 36 hours. And I know Joette talked about her first birth being long. Gelsemium is a great remedy to have because obviously labor is the hardest work we do and it's so um, tiring. And so I've used it many times with women in labor. And I've also used Joette's Gatorade recipe. I don't know if you know that one, Kate, with the cell salt. Yes. And um, if you, that's a great, um, you know, tonic for, you know, getting the electrolytes and just boosting energy when you're, when you're not only, you know, working outside and it's hot, but when you're giving birth. That's a great idea. I never thought of using that with birth, but that is really good. If you go to Joette's um, page in the upper right corner, there's a search bar. And if you enter Gatorade or ditch the Gatorade, which is the actual title of it, it'll definitely bring it up. All right. So tell us a little bit about your family. And I know you've used homeopathy with your children and even your husband. And we heard actually mm-hmm. from your husband in another podcast, but people probably don't know this, but your husband was on um, one of the Dads with Audacity podcasts, wasn't he? Yes, he's Mark um, in the in that podcast. And so Mark is, he's, he's very athletic. He likes to run. He has a lot of sports-related injuries. We joke in our family that Symphytum is Mark's uh, spirit animal. 
<laughs> because he's had a lot of good, uh, you know, good relationship with that remedy. It's helped him a lot. Um, so let's see, I'm trying to think. Okay, so bursitis is one that um, we dealt with that includes symphytum. And so bursitis is like an inflammation in the, in the knee. Mark used to have repeated bouts of bursitis. And I think that seems to be the case from what I've heard is that it, it tends to come and go and flare up. And it's that kind of a, um, like infection type thing. Um, and so the, the protocol for that that I got from Joette is symphytum 200 mixed with Rustox 30. And you just take it twice a day. Then how long does it usually take before you see some change in his symptoms? For Mark, and actually my little boy, um, he had it one time too. And I was so nervous because he came down with it the night before we were going to get on an airplane and um, travel. And I was like, oh, no, he's getting this, you know, knee thing. It was, it was hot to the touch. It was painful. And I, and I had um, previous to that experience, um, Mark had had um, a flare-up. And for Mark, it doesn't last too long. It's maybe like with this um, protocol, three days to a week. And then, you know, he can kind of stop taking it. Um, for other people, if it's happened for a long time, they have to take it probably longer, you know. Or it might, you know, and, and usually what happens is they'll have, you know, another flare-up after that, but it'll be less severe and maybe go away quicker. And then even maybe be another flare-up after that but then they eventually if you if you implore this um protocol you never have it again like that's kind of the trend which is which is usually the trend with homeopathy it sort of roots it out completely right that's what i love about homeopathy that we don't get with many other natural medicine options is i mean sometimes Mm -hmm. but homeopathy really gets to the root of the cause and um I know, for instance, my daughter, you know, and her asthma, we're really seeing a change using homeopathy where before it was just managing the symptoms. Yeah, if you're not managing the symptoms, you are actually rooting it out. And that is also different, like from allopathic medicine, but also herbs a lot of times is, you know, it's just managing symptoms. You could keep taking the turmeric or whatever it is you're, you're taking over and over again. Right. And so I think people need to remember that a well-chosen remedy mm-hmm. can really um, make a change, not only in just the symptoms, but for the long term, that eventually that whatever bursitis, hopefully Mark won't have it in the future. He hasn't either. It has been a year and I want to say three, maybe to, maybe a year and six months. So we have not had any sign of it. <laughs> so it's pretty awesome. Yeah. And prior to we're done. How often did he used to get it? Prior to that, he would get it probably twice a year at least. So we're 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 having a good run of it right now. Wow. Definitely. Your mom too. She also had some good success with homeopathy. Yeah, definitely. So my mom, she has had um, hip replacement surgeries on both of her hips. Um, I think she's like currently up for another hip replacement, and she's trying to kind of save herself off for a while so she can get through and, and, you know, just push it into the future a little bit. Um, And so last she visited, let's see, I'm trying to think it was um, last month. So a little over a month ago, she came for a visit and she was having a lot of pain. Um, It's hard for her to like sit still for a long time. So if we're on a car ride or something like that, she can get achy because she has arthritis. And um, I started to give her rest 
talks and um you know a lot of times when my family's in town i'll start you know i'll just give them homeopathy if, if something's going on somebody's got a stomachache or whatever and i gave her uh rest talks twice a day while she was with us and i, I just gave her rest talks 200 because that's what i had but um you know, I probably gave it to her for like four, five days. I don't know, something like that. Um, so then she went home and I kind of was like, well, I might not hear from her about this, you know, but if it helps, I'm sure she'll get a hold of me. And lo and behold, a couple of days after she um, got back home, she's like, what did you give me? <laughs> so I, I had her order rest talks off the internet. I sent her a um, link. I messaged her a link right to where she could order it with the right potency so that there wouldn't be any confusion, confusion at all and she could just have it sent right to her house. Great. So right now she's kind of holding steady, putting off that hip replacement surgery, right? Yes. So far, so good. We're hoping to get her through some more months as long as we possibly can because hip replacement surgeries, like a lot of surgeries, you know, they don't last forever and she's already had her hip replacement done and she wants to make sure she can kind of put it off as far into the future as she can. So let's talk a little bit about your son. You have how many children do you have and tell us a little bit about your children. Okay so yeah I have three children. I My oldest is nine. Um, I have a middle girl and she is six and my youngest um, son is three. So one of your children, you used a remedy with them because I think I remember you telling me that they were really colicky. Yeah. So my firstborn was very colicky. Um, and, you know, I didn't really understand what was going I mean, I felt like I was in a daze for several months after I had him. And like, oh, my gosh, what's going on? I, I didn't know the difference between him and other babies, like what was normal. Um but it ended up the symptoms became very, very clear. It was every single evening for like four or five hours at least. He was just inconsolable. And I actually had this routine where I would sit on a big exercise ball and I would bounce him and like at the same time kind of like um, pat his back while I was bouncing him. And I, that's the only thing that would really suit him. And oh I would gosh. do that for, for hours. Oh my gosh, you are just so bringing this these memories back that I had of my daughter. I had an exercise ball and we would do the same thing. And you know, I didn't know about homeopathy when she was first born and oh my goodness, I wish I had. So, um I believe he ended up having food um allergies. And so like the first thing I did was eliminate food from my diet to just kind of test and see, you know, truly if this was the issue and it it definitely it ended up being that way like I ended up realizing that almost everything was causing him pain and it, it was just really frustrating you know I didn't have coffee um, at that time I really liked coffee chocolate bothered him he was like the meanest baby ever I swear I couldn't eat <laughs> anything that I like to eat I couldn't have milk <laughs> I couldn't have wheat <laughs> Ultimately, what we realized is that he had um, an allergy, and the biggest one was wheat. So um, I took, you know, of course, I've taken all of Joette's courses, and um, I, I took the Good Gut, Bad Gut course. Um, I immediately realized he needed to be on Bovista, and um, I started giving him Bovista, and his sensitivities have pretty much, I mean, he's, he can pretty much eat anything. We are very careful still with 
sweet. We don't like go overboard. But I will tell you right now, he's on a bagel kick. <laughs> um, this has probably been for like two weeks now. He has a bagel, a big wheat filled, you know, crusty, delicious bagel every single day and has not had an issue. Um, you know, if I had done this a couple years ago, even he would have had diarrhea and it would have been, you know, horrible. So we've had so much progress with, with Bobista with him. It's amazing. And you also, what do you give him for the diarrhea then? So for the diarrhea, we were giving him Nuxomica 30 twice a day. So if he had eaten wheat um, and got diarrhea, um, we would, we would start the, you know, Nuxomica up or, you know, if, you know, just continuing him on it, if we were already doing it. And we don't give him Nuxomica anymore because he doesn't have the diarrhea the way he used to have. He's much better. Um, you know, and so he's, he just right now is taking the Bovista, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to start weaning him off that even. We found Nuxomica to be helpful as well with, um, when, when kids have tummy aches kind of regularly. And I think it's from something that they ate. It's, it's been very helpful for us as well. And what did you use for your son when he was colicky? Why don't you tell us about that? Okay. So for, for him, yeah. when he was colicky, I gave him colic synthesis. Um, and I think I just gave him a 30 dose on that because at that time when he was a little baby, all I had was the 100 remedy kit. Which is a great kit. I mean, that's a perfect kit to start off with. Absolutely. That, you know, that's like the perfect gift to get any expectant mom, you know, like instead of coming to the baby shower and bringing some diapers and an outfit, give her, give her a homeopathy kit or get a couple people together and, you know, put in for a homeopathy kit. That's a lifesaver to know that you've got something when your baby is upset or something happens, you know, that's, that's the best gift that a, that a mom could have. I agree. It's, it's been a lifesaver literally for us. So your daughter, you had an interesting experience with your daughter <laughs> that I want to hear about. Go ahead and tell us about Nola. So Nola's six and last summer, um, this story like it really kind of summarizes her, her personality completely. Every time I think of it, I'm like, of course this happened to her. Um, so we live in the country, we have goats, we have a little farm, and my kids are always running around outside. Um, we have a cat, um, and the cat actually got a hold of a vole. Um, so the whole family got to learn, you know, what a vole is and the difference between a vole and a little mouse, because at first I thought it was a mouse, um, but it wasn't. It was a vole. So and, are you um, talking about a vole, V-O-L-E, not M-O-L-E, right? That's right. A vole. A vole looks like a mouse. Um, if you actually Google it, you'll see a picture. It's just a little bit different. Um, and so anyway, the cat was playing with it. It wasn't, you know, dead. Um, and Nola saw the cat playing with this vole and saw how cute it was. And she could not help herself. I was sitting right on the porch with her. Um, I couldn't really figure out what was going on. Um, but she ran up to the, the cat and she's like, oh, my gosh, so cute, so cute. And I think she's talking about the cat, but she's talking about the vole. She goes to grab the vole, and it literally latches onto her finger. And she's, like, trying to shake it off the end of her finger, like, you know, throwing her hand around and stuff and screaming at the top of her lungs. And I'm, like, running off the porch, you know, like, what is going on? And I see this thing, and I take her hand and, you know, 
swing it really hard one time and the thing goes flying. And of course I'm just, Oh my gosh, my mind just started to just started to run. Like it was just like, what is, what is this now? I have to deal with this. She can have rabies. Um, what do I do? What do I do? And I'm like, I need to call, you know, I need to, I need to call the pediatrician. I, I need to call the disease control people. I need to get her rabies shots. I don't know what is going to happen here. Of course, like, and this is a kid that's never gotten a vaccination at all. She's never had an antibiotic. I am just losing my mind. And um, lo and behold, like, this is this is a piece of advice I've heard Joette actually give people before. And I don't remember where I heard it. It might have been one of the courses. But she said, you know, in the moment of an emergency, you know, your first response, especially as a mom, is to lose it and freak out. Um, but the and, and, you know, and think of all the things you need to do. Like, you know, of course, I'm like hydrogen peroxide. Let's clean this out. Let's go, you know, or whatever. And I remember her saying, you know, actually, the best thing to do is nothing. Like, just just don't because usually our first responses aren't like the best response because there's a difference between, you know, reacting right and responding. And um, I think that I was totally reacting in, in that moment. And I, I was just like, oh, my gosh, what do you do? I called my husband. I called everybody. And I send Joette this email. I still laugh at it today because literally I keep every single email and question that I've ever asked her in a file. And this one is hilarious. Like the um, subject line has like a, a asterisk and it's like emergency. <laughs> and and it's like, you know, like if you read this email, it sounds like I'm a crazy person. I'm like, no, 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 just got by a... <laughs> By a vole, I, I don't. I don't think at the time even knew it was a vole. I actually like we ended up catching it to like in you know we weren't sure if it, we needed to have it to test it or whatever. So um, we ended up catching it and putting it in this little box, and then we could actually release it later because we didn't have to worry about rabies. I did talk to the um, someone from like CDC or something like the health department. That's who I talked to. I talked to someone from the health department, and they were like, "Okay, ma'am, you have." You do not need to bring her in for rabies shots. You do not need to worry about rabies. If it was a bat, that would be different. But an animal like a mouse that is so tiny like this, if it did indeed get bit by another animal that had rabies, it would have died. It wouldn't have made it through, you know, that attack. So the chances are so low that you would actually be putting her through um, worse things if you <laughs> took her to get rabies. <laughs> But I didn't really worry about that so much anyway, because there's a protocol for rabies. I mean, I do feel like I'm, I'm pretty lucky to be able to work for Joette. I can take her courses. Like, I know homeopathy so well now. Like, I am, I'm just grateful, so grateful for it. So I had, I had the remedies I needed. I emailed Joette, and um, she uh, messaged me back. She said, take Hypericum 200 mixed with arsenicum 200 twice a day and that's the typical you know like infection right. kind of protocol mm -hmm. then i also did give her leadum 200 twice a day for one week because the bite is a, a puncture wound and leadum is what you want to give anytime there's that kind of a a wound. Great thinking. So good. Okay. Well, what a scary story. I, I think I would have done the same thing. And Courtney, that's what I loved about talking to you is that your message, I feel like as a mom and as um, a doula and all the things that you've learned being 
you know, working with Joette and your experiences, you've learned not to panic. Or even if you do, then you like think about it a little bit and think, okay, um, I can just really take some time and, and think about these things before I have to um, react, you know, and then you can actually like yeah. not react, but respond. Respond. Yeah. Okay, good. I couldn't yeah. the word. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I like to think of it, like responding versus reacting. There's such a big difference. Yeah. And so I know you've talked a little bit about that too, um, even with birthing and everything mm -hmm. uh, and just how when things like that happen, an emergency like you went through, you feel like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I got to do something right now. And you know, we can think, okay, no, just calm down. I have some time. I'm just going to think clearly about this. Um, but I think that's hard for moms. Don't yeah. you? Absolutely. Yeah. That, that brings it full circle because, um, that was a lesson I learned early on as a doula, um, you know, like in the hospital setting, especially, I mean, that's one of the worst things when you bring a first time mom into to the labor room and, one of the things that almost any doula will tell you is that, like, you never bring a mom in when she's in early labor. <laughs> like, you know, you gotta you gotta set up your little, you know, tricks at home to kind of get her through the early stages of labor because the longer she's there at the hospital, the more likely that the doctors and and I don't mean that these doctors are like out to get people. It's just you know a part of what their procedure is. But the more likely it is that they're going to have an intervention, you know, whatever it's going to be. It's going to be an IV, a drug, um, a C-section. You, you definitely want to kind of wait it out as long as you can so that that's less likely to happen. Um, but lo and behold, there's many times when, you know, mom decides she wants to go in absolutely without a doubt early and, you know, or something goes down and the doctors are going to, you know, put that forward that, hey, we need to make a decision on this right now. You need to have a C-section. This is what we think. And the, the pressure is on. And it, and it is incredibly hard to get through those moments because you do feel like you're in an emergency. Like, they know what they are doing. And I remember early on, you know, using that technique of, you know, actually, you don't own this time. Like, you know, this is, this is we get to make the decisions here. And when you are able to stay in your power about it, you know, you get to dictate the course of what's going to happen. And so that's like, you know, a trick that I learned is to say, well, actually we do, we need about 10 minutes to talk alone. And if you don't tell them that you want to be alone in the room, they'll stand there and watch you talk. So, um, <laughs> you know, asking them to leave is very important and to have that time because, you know, literally five or 10 minutes can be the difference between a C-section or not a C-section. You know, you sit there and you talk to mom and give her the options and, you know, discuss what her plan is and remind her of her intentions and that kind of thing, you know, it can, it can really be, make the difference in a situation like birth. So it's, it's a nice thing to like, you know, start learning when you're pregnant, start learning early on to like, you know, not freak out, but freak out moment really doesn't help anything, you know, even though we all do it and, you know, that's what kids do to us, <laughs> you know, they tend to have, they tend to push the buttons just the right way so that we can get, you know, upset about things. <laughs> and I think that happens even when our kids have 
um, come down with a, a bad flu or cold or something, you know, mm -hmm. they have really high fever or they're in a lot of pain, we start to panic, right? And feel like, oh my gosh. Yeah, definitely. And I think that every family has their trigger. Like, you know, if, if your family was dealing with an ear infection and it was really freaking you out, I would just be like, oh yeah, no, you know, I'll take an ear infection anyway. That's fine. Like I, I, we've gone through multiple ear infections with homeopathy, you know, maybe, you know, or strep throat, that might really freak freak a lot of people out um you know but and you you always get the ones you don't expect and so it's it's like it's easy to theoretically talk about oh yeah we'll we'll do this or whatever but when it comes down to it it's it's usually not the easy one that you get like you know <laughs> I never expected to have to deal with rabies <laughs> you know like I like you know I'm prepared for strep throat uh yeah not that that was that really was ridiculous so Okay, so that again just leads to what we were talking about. Don't panic. You have time. You can think about things. Just take your time. That's right. Yes. If you can instill that into your head that, you know, the moment you start panicking and freaking out and thinking of all the things you have to do and making that mental list, take a deep breath and just realize that the best thing to do is, is nothing. Just wait. Just wait until, like, you can make that choice rationally. And, and then, you know, if you if you've got the information from Joette's blogs, you know, you, you're one step ahead. Like you, you can just go on and, and do a search and help yourself out. You don't have to go to the panic mode. So homeopathy is like when you've got that in the bag, you know, it's so nice to just be able to, to do something that you feel good about. Right. Yeah. And that doesn't have side effects. Exactly. Yeah, things happen. And so I don't know, people laugh at me. But when I go anywhere, I take a lot of homeopathic remedies. And when I travel, oh, my gosh, one suitcase is usually half filled with homeopathy. And, 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 you know, I remember <laughs> people teasing me like my husband or whatever. And, and I'm like, you're gonna thank me if something happens. And mm -hmm. I have my remedy. <laughs> and you, do you know what? That's right. It has been it has happened. Emergencies have happened. And I've had the right remedy and um otherwise it would have been a trip to the doctor yeah oh i can i'm i'm the same way um and i have a whole cupboard at home of remedies and things and i i have a habit of buying remedies i have many kits you know you, you keep them around you have remedies laying around or whatever in places that you think you're going to need them almost any time i go to wegmans i buy arnica and pulsatilla because i just know those are popular ones in our family and might as well have it and I've got a little travel kit that always comes everywhere and you know I just keep fresh ones in there every time there's certain ones that like I feel like we definitely go through you know right. and that's the beauty of homeopathy too because it's not expensive so paying you know five to ten bucks for one remedy that's literally going to get you through a moment is super inexpensive I know yeah. Courtney, thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge with us and um, giving us some of the examples of how you've used homeopathy, because I think the more we can can share our stories, it's just so helpful for other people to be able to hear about how we used homeopathy and it gives us more confidence. I think that's what's given me more confidence, too, is hearing other moms deal with the same thing and that they used homeopathy and everything was okay. So that, that is really what it takes, I agree. And thank you for having me. It's been really fun to talk. You just listened to a podcast by joeccalabrese.com. 
where nationally certified homeopath, public speaker, and author Joette Calabrese shared her passion for helping families stay strong through homeopathy and nutrient-dense nutrition. Joette's podcasts are available on iTunes, Google Play, Blueberry, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Thank you for listening to this podcast with Joette Calabrese. If you liked it, please share it with your friends. To learn more and find out if homeopathy is a good fit in your health strategy, visit joettecalabrese.com.